I learned a long time ago that the way to get rid of darkness quickly is to turn on the light. I noticed you couldn't talk it outside, you couldn't push it outside, you couldn't sweep it outside, you couldn't vacuum it up, but if you just flip a switch and turn on the light, that where the light is, darkness cannot penetrate. And the Bible uses that analogy over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, in the message today, I will be using a lot of scripture and it will go up on the screen because I want you to hear more from him directly through his word than you hear from me making commentary on the word. But I will add what I feel like the Lord wants me to do in tying all of this together. But if you open the scripture to the Sermon on the Mount, which is a, the most famous sermon ever preached, preached by the best preacher that ever preached, you know, Jesus and his Sermon on the Mount. Listen to Matthew chapter 5, just three verses, 14, 15, and 16. You, talking about us, God's children, are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. And then that part that we memorize. Let your light so shine before men. Say it with me. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, bottom line is, we are to love people as Jesus loved people. Boy, that's hard. That is a big assignment. They're supposed to love us. We're supposed to love them. But it's more important that we that are children of God love them than that they love us because they don't have in them what we have in us. And what we're put here to do is to let our light shine so they'll see and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And when you love people, and we throw that word out all the time, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And you've heard me say this many times if you've come to Sagemont for, for a long time, that when you love people, you don't give them what they want. You give them what they need. Big difference. We feel like that if, if Somebody says, I want this, well, I'm going to give it to you because I love you and I wouldn't want you to think I don't love you, so here it is. And then we wonder a few years later, why in the world did I do that? What was I thinking? Well, you were thinking selfishly. You thought if you did it that you'd get blessed and you'd get glorified and you'd get loved and you'd get forgiven and all that kind of stuff, but it didn't quite work out that way. But when we look at the Scripture, all the way from the book of Genesis... It is made very clear that Jesus is the light of the world. And listen to this. The first thing God created was what? Let there be light. Light, listen to this. Genesis 1. You say, well, where is that? I'm new to the church. Just start turning a page if you have a Bible. If you don't have one, we have one to give you at the end of the service. A beautiful family Bible if you're a guest today. But look at Genesis chapter 1. First book of the Bible, first four verse, verses. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. 
And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was And God saw the that it was good and divided the from the darkness. How could somebody read that and say, I wish somebody explained that to me. We've got three-year-olds here at Sagemont that could explain this to you. Jesus is the light of the world. That is the reason that those of you that know me up close in the life of being a pastor, I hate darkness. It scares me to death. I don't like darkness. I like light. And I like to know that Jesus is here. And the best way I know is he just has a way of bringing light even at midnight. He calls that a moon. And stars. And they're everywhere. And those of us who live on the coast can take advantage of that in a real special way. But you know, we can think whatever we want to. But what the scripture says is much more important and much more life-changing than anything the preacher says or anybody else says. If God says it, that settles it. I grew up with if God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, you can skip the middle one. If God says it, doesn't matter whether I believe it or not, that settles it. And we can either trust God or go about doing our own thing. And there's a huge difference between turning on the light rather than deciding we're going to fellowship in darkness. You hear me? There is a difference in turning on the light than going out into the darkness of the world and fellowshipping with those in the darkness of the world and think you're going to bring them to the light. When you go to a party of darkness and a party that's filled with sin, and if people aren't nervous that you're there, you haven't been the witness you should have been. Amen. And by the way, if you'll let them know the witness, uh, that you are a witness of the light, they won't invite you. <laughs> so then you haven't made anybody mad. But when you know that Jesus is light and Satan is darkness, you begin to pick up on one of the greatest truths you'll ever learn. And the sooner you can learn it, the better it's going to be. When those that get to adult life and they haven't learned that have all kinds of problems. James 1.22 says that we are to be doers of the word and not what? Hearers only. Now there will be a good group of people hearing the word today. I will predict that our church attendances will be up today in America. But it's one thing to hear the word on Sunday and to do the word on Sunday afternoon and Monday. Because we are so wrapped up in the culture and so caught up with wanting to be like the world that we have missed the gospel message completely. I tell pastors and church leaders when I get a chance to talk with them, if a church has to spend money to advertise in a newspaper or whatever as to how great they are, they probably aren't that great. Amen. <laughs> but when you become living proof of a loving God to a watching world, you know what happens? Instead of being in the church section with a paid advertisement, you're on the front page headlines in the community. 
That's the way you want your church to be known. Go back and pick up the South Belt Leader, the Pasadena Citizen, and some of these papers in Houston and see how the church began to move to the front page because of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Our church here at Sagemont got to do over 650 houses due to the great leadership of Dr. Jim Hastings and that incredible team of people that came and brought probably a thousand of us together and it was everywhere in the news. The President of the United States even came down into our own community and he saw firsthand what was happening. It was God's people out there. That's what a church is. Many churches are strangers to their community. Now here at Sagemont, we have a big cross. And since people see the cross and don't hear the name Sagemont, that doesn't bother me. But I'd hope if it came to Sagemont first, we could have taken them to the cross. And then we could have showed them the empty tomb, right? See, the people driving up down the freeway haven't seen the big one. And that is if they'll walk from the freeway to this building, and when you go out, look at the front door of the building. Jesus is alive. He is risen, like he said. He's still the light of the world. He still can knock the darkness down. He can still, he can still lead his people to be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. But he can't do it as long as we fellowship with the darkness. Long as we just allow those kind of things to go on in our personal life. You cannot change others yourself. But you can change yourself with God in your life. And you and God together, we can go out and we can become living proof of a loving God to a watching world. I thank God for the churches of Houston, for many of them. Some of them I'm ashamed of. But the majority I'm very thankful for in different languages. The gospel is going up. There's 180 uh, groups, language groups of people living in Houston, Texas right now, according to the news this week. 180 languages represented in Houston, Texas. Thank God for the many churches. If you were there today, you would think they were all speaking in tongues. And they are. They are. Their tongue. Their tongue. But you know what? Jesus is a light in every one of those languages. And the church is the bride of Christ in every one of those languages. He is Lord. Now let me give you some scriptures here. John 8, 12, then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, Listen, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Amen. Ephesians 5, 8, for you were sometimes darkness. Now talking to believers. But now... Are you light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. Listen to the second chapter of Ephesians, written by a man who murdered Christians before he came out of darkness into the light. The Apostle Paul, here's what he wrote. Second chapter, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, this guy did not graduate from the seminary. But what he learned from, that darkness is horrible. Even if you're winning in darkness, it is horrible. So he writes a church at Philippi, second chapter, verses 14 and 15. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. 
that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation, among whom you shall shine as lights of the world. As we see our nation getting darker and darker and darker in sin, don't you ever forget, Jesus is the light. And the more our city brings Jesus here, the more light will shine in this city. And do you know what? The way to keep the darkness out is keep the light shining. You see, the enemy comes where they think they can conquer. But the Bible says we as believers are more than conquerors through what? Jesus Christ, the light of the world. There's some places that sin business doesn't want to open their doors because they know business is not going to be that good. But when business looks good, the sin business, the people flock in. And the city falls apart and the state and, yes, even the nation. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, the apostle wrote, You shall know them, talking about believers, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs or thistles? And then in the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 8, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that you affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Does that scripture say that work saves you? No. Grace saves you, but if you're saved, works will follow. That's when you become a doer of the word. The reason that many will not get involved in serving in their churches is because they're still in darkness. And they don't feel comfortable. Because all I would be doing, if you invited me to come and I participated in this, then I would just bring darkness into more darkness. But when you're a light, you ever been in a room, all the lights go out, what's the first word? Anybody have a flashlight? Anybody have a match? Well, the smokers come through with their good works. <laughs> and that lasts for about six months with them. Until they go back to their next medical appointment and have their lungs checked out. And it doesn't look too good. Is anybody here old enough to remember VBS? We still have them, by the way. What does that say? VBS. Vacation Bible School. But I bet you don't remember them back in the 40s. Most of you. Some of you do. How about this? Can you give me the second line? This little light of mine. Wow. Preaching a bunch of old people. <laughs> Let's do that again. I like that. This little light of mine. Amen. Oh, you'll love this one. A sunbeam, a sunbeam. God wants me to be a sunbeam. Now, that was for the little bitty ones. I mean, when you first learned Jesus loves me, this was the next one. From the time they start hearing the gospel, Jesus is the light. You're going to walk in the light. You're not going into school and then it's all darkness. You're going to be part of the light. And all the other believers that are there, if the church is doing what it should do, will become the light 
of the world. One of the things that thrills me to death as a minister and as pastor of Sagemont is that John Turner, who's pastor of First Baptist Galveston, and Lee Bellinius, which is right down the road here, I believe it's at Lamarck, grew up at Sagemont Church in our student ministry and in our young adult ministry. And so now we're able to reach from this church to the island and Santa Fe's in the middle and we can bring light from this direction and light can come from that direction and when it lands on Santa Fe, Texas, Jesus becomes a light of the world. That's the way God works. God puts his people where their light can make a huge difference. Wherever you work, wherever you go to school, wherever you live, whatever subdivision you might come from, God can use you to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. The scripture is clear. We're not to shine with good words. We're to shine with good works. We are not just to talk religious and shame everybody because, well, you ought to do this and you ought to do that. And I don't understand why you're like this. That's not our job. Our job is to be living proof. Our job is to be the light. Our job is to let the light flow through us. And when our Christ-like concern for others supersedes our love for ourselves, then we began to convince others that we are real. We do care. Let me tell you something, folks. People are tired of us telling them we'll pray for you, especially if, if you don't. They're tired of hearing our platitudes and not seeing our life be living proof or being alike. And that ought to concern all of us because there's some of us, and when our light does go out or the batteries get weak or your spiritual batteries, I don't know what. So we have to be careful that we do not think that one moment goes by that the devil doesn't have his kids trying to find one that says they're a Christian, but there's no light, there's no love, there's no forgiveness, there's no good works, there's none of that. It's just, I just want to tell you something. You need to do this, and you need to read your Bible more, and you need to clean up that garbage, and you need to do this and that, and so forth. That's not the way God wants his children to act. From the beginning of time, I hope you've picked up on this. There's a big contrast between light and darkness. Jesus said in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Thank you, God, for making it simple. Thank you, God, that we don't have to get a Greek or a Hebrew scholar to come in and explain us what that means. Thank you, God, that we can take four-year-olds and show them with maybe a little illustration of turning on a flashlight or striking a match and how it makes a difference. You know what the greatest comfort, when, when the greatest comfort comes to a wicked person? What can bring them the greatest comfort? Are you ready? Darkness. There's a reason that bars aren't lit up darkness I'm going to go out where it's dark that's what sin does they don't want to come to the light I've got to find where there's going to be some darkness I'm about to go crazy 
And where is a party where there's a lot of darkness? I feel more comfortable in darkness. No. If you're a believer, your comfort comes in the light. Because when you see what Jesus has done, like that little one baptized today, isn't it fun? Isn't it exciting to see a little child come to Jesus and not have to go through the next 10 years without Jesus? And what could happen that will lead harbor memories for the next 60 years or so? But that's what the gospel is all about. And people that live in the most pagan parts of the world are the greatest responders to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether it's Africa, India, South America, when our missionaries go in there, people come by the literally thousands. Why? Because our culture is a culture of darkness. We've lived in this darkness. We've tried to exist in this darkness. Many people that grew up in their early years, 30, 40 years, they served the devil. They were in that dark world. But one day, they were born again. Many times, they become the greatest witnesses for Jesus that you'll ever meet. They've been there and done that. And I don't want to do any name dropping, but I could drop a bunch of names on you so fast it'd sound like a machine gun. And I can see some heads out there going like this because you'd say, yeah, preacher, you'd be pointing at me and don't do that. But some of the greatest preachers of the gospel that I ever knew, like Billy Sunday, walked in darkness big time. That's what Jesus does. He can take us in all of our darkness and lead us to his marvelous light. If you read the book of Proverbs every day, as I encourage you to often, those 31 Proverbs, read the one of the day. Proverbs 4.19 says, The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. You see, that's the reason that our young people, middle-aged people, adults, senior adults, still don't get it. They don't get it. They just are going to keep on doing what they've always done and they'll always have what they've already got and they're sick and tired of it. But they don't know the answer. It's not another drink. It's not another affair. It's not another job. It's not another town. It's not another skill. It's another God. And his name is Jesus. Darkness in many places is used as a form of punishment. I had only one time, Joe Simmons is sitting right over here and he and I went to Alcatraz together on our own volition, I want you to know that, all right. <laughs> but we went out in San Francisco Bay and we were carried back to this place where they had solitary confinement. And you know where Alcatraz, you know what I'm talking about in, in San Francisco Bay, where all the meanest of the mean were kept. So we went, got to go and visit the solitary confinement. And there was about 20 of us, I guess, in the group. And the cell would not hold that many, so they divided us into two groups. And they said, if you would like to know what it's like to be in solitary confinement in a federal penitentiary, we're going to open the, the doors open. You'll go in. We will shut the door. In 30 seconds, we'll open the door. And I'm here to tell you that 30 seconds was 10 minutes. And Joe and I tried to talk to each other, but we were almost, you know. 
kind of like baby babbling. You could not see this. That's a form of punishment. And yet, the ordinary people, they run to it. They run to it. This freeway is filled with darkness. You can go over a telephone road, it's filled with darkness. You can go to all over Houston, it's darkness, 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 darkness. And people say, come in here and find a brand new life. No, you won't. You go in there lost, you're going to come out there lost, except you're going to be more lost than you were before you went in there. But God says, let your light shine. Matthew 22, 13 says, Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And if you know anything about the scripture, you know heaven is light and hell is darkness. And everyone is talking about, well, if I go there, all my fraternity's going there. Well, you won't know they're there. And it'll be total darkness according to the scripture. God creates darkness and light. He can use darkness to bring people to the light. Because Jesus can come into your life today. Jesus can change your life today. Isaiah 45, 7, Isaiah's Old Testament. He said, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. When the prophet was talking about the Lord, he knows about darkness. He knows about light. He said, I create all of it, but I make peace. Evil, darkness exposes us to evil, but Jesus is the light of the world. But the light is not effective unless it's exposed to where it's needed. And I think most of us would agree that our world needs Jesus. Our nation needs Jesus. Our city needs Jesus. We need the light. The light. Nothing changes darkness but light. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Here's what he says. You don't have to go after Energizer Bunny to have light. Just have Jesus. And when you get in the worst moment of your life, darkness, turn on the light. Call upon his name. Lord, I need you. Jesus is all the world to me. Jesus is tenderly calling. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And those of us who follow Jesus simply reflect the light of Jesus, the source of light. And as we go about in the dark world, on the darkest of night, the moon is the brightest. Why? For something inside the moon gets brighter? No. It becomes directly from the sun that lights that moon up and makes it so beautiful in the darkness. The greater the darkness in your life, when the light comes, the more effective it's going to be on other people. Did you hear what I said? Not those of you that were reared in Christian home like me, but if you became the first Christian in your lineage of ancestors, it's going to impact your family for the future like you can't believe. But there's got to be that one. There had to be one Savior that could forgive all sin. There's got to be one person that takes it to the next, who takes it to the next, takes it to the next. So as I close, number one, 
If I could give you a quick point to go away with, separate yourself from darkness. Real easy. Get out of the darkness. Get out of the darkness. Paul pleaded with first century Christians to forsake the darkness and live in the light. That's what I'm asking you to do and me to do. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 5.8, For you were sometimes darkness, but now you're the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. You see how simple these directions are? That's the reason I like microwaves. <laughs> I am mastering certain things. <laughs> Popcorn, my favorite. <laughs> I'm almost down to where every kernel will pop. <laughs> TV dinners. Stick it in there, 100 and whatever degrees, and get a spoon. But when you first do that, have some first aid stuff there. If you didn't read the other paragraph, which said, be careful, it's hot, don't touch it, and all that. But Peter described Jesus' followers in this way, 1 Peter 2.9. You're a chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know what he just said in all those wonderful, beautiful words? He says... The world isn't going to think we're very impressive when we get saved. They think we lost our mind. You mean you're giving up that? You're giving up her? You're giving up him? You're giving up that? That drug? That drink? That experience? Yep. You don't know what you're doing. Well, come back in six months and see if you've seen any difference. See who's smiling. See who's walking in the light. See who is more than conquerors. You'll find it's those that have found the light. Whenever you're in darkness, what happens when you're driving and the lights go out? You better pull over or find a way to get those lights on. You don't just keep driving. You only do that if you do what people do today that are in darkness and they're still moving. And they're knocking down and people everywhere because of their sin. Light has different intensities. There's a dim light. And there's the bright light. The bright light knocked Paul to the, to the ground because he was so strong in sin. He was an executor of Christian. And a bright light knocked him to the ground. But other times it was just a candle. He was just a glimpse of a star that brought people to Jesus Christ. So how do we brighten up? Psalm 27.1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Amen. Don't you like those short ones? <laughs> Verses. Don't you like those that you can memorize in about 30 seconds? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? Don't go around and say, I'm worried about our country. Don't be worried. You get right with God and let God handle America. If the church has revival, God may prolong our days. If the church doesn't have revival, and there's very little sign of that, but there's some. There's some. I see some things. 
But I know if I was sitting out there right now, or if I was watching, listening, and I knew that I, that I didn't know the Lord, God being my witness, I wouldn't walk out of this building until I got it right. None of us know what another day is going to bring. And when the shot is fired and the car didn't stop and the disease has taken its toll and death has come, what then? What then? Get out of the darkness. Number two, expose all things to the light. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts and then shall every man have praise of God. Let Jesus tell you what's right and wrong. When Jesus prayed, he looked to the Father. When we pray, we need to look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Number three, forgive all your offenders. It breaks my heart to be around believers all of my life. I've been around believers. I've been around high-profile believers and brand-new believers. And the most difficult thing that I have ever been around is those that can't forgive those that have offended them. Let go and let God. Quit taking the medication for that. Well, the doctor says, you're just worrying about everything. Here, go take some more of these. No, go to our free prayer chapel, get on your knees and pray, and get up and serve God. And you won't get a bill. We don't take Medicare or Medicaid either. All right? But we take Jesus. Because he is King of kings and Lord of lords. But nothing, 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 nothing destroys you like not being able to forgive those that have offended you. Don't have a heart attack because somebody cut in front of you on the freeway. There's not a one of us here that haven't been honked at and other things that I won't bring up. <laughs> Simply because you don't get it. You don't get it. If you do that to me, I'm just going to smile and just keep on singing. Jesus loves me, this I know. And I didn't get hit, so I guess everything's okay. First John 2, 9. He that says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Don't you tell people Jesus is the light of your life if you can't get along with your kinfolks. If you can't get along with those that offended you back there when you worked in the 1940s or someplace and so-and-so bumped you out of a job, blah, blah, blah. Get over it. Get over it. Well, I just can't. Well, the Bible says I can do all things through who? Through Christ who what? Strengthens me. And it's free, and it's eternal, it's everlasting. And our message today, in this very difficult time, in our city, is to turn on the light. Use this as an opportunity. I pray that all of those that died are absent from the body and present with the Lord. If they are not, I hope it's not because they never heard the gospel because they decided either not to go to church, not to read the Bible, not to talk to people called Christians, and they rejected the only way to heaven. We must pray for one another. Comfort us, Lord. But let us learn 
Let us learn from the past so that we can handle the future. My final thing, and there's five, and if you call me, I'll give you all five of them if you didn't get them all. But show love with good works. Don't just talk the talk. Walk the walk. The summary verse, 1 John 1, 5 through 7. Then this is the message which we have heard of him. And declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. Read that last verse, part of the verse. Cleanses from all sin. Half of you don't believe that. We're going to do it one more time. Ready? Cleanses from all sin. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. If we can get people's attention with our little light, they're going to find out that we're just a reflection of he that is light. That's all we are. We're not the light of the world. He's the light of the world. But the reflection of his light makes it clear to those that are doubters. There's something about Jesus. He's the greatest name that I know. He is the only one that can give unconditional forgiveness. He is the only one that has power over sin and can defeat the devil. To our nation collectively and to our lives individually. Again, I think if America cannot see after another tragedy, what in the world is going on in America? My dear people, God says, I'm going to be patient. All I've heard since the shooting is how bad the NRA is and how we need to register guns and all that stuff. I don't care where you feel on that. I'm telling you, register them or not register them, they're going to change it. Okay? There's not going to be any change until God takes over this nation again. End of story. End of story. And, and that's not a political statement. That is a biblical statement. He is the light of the world, and America started here to be a little lamp and spread the gospel. And it's turned just the opposite. The churches have become more like the world rather than the world becoming like the church. And we've sat back and fussed at each other, and it's time for things to change. Mom and Dad, in a few days you're going to hear. Church, you will hear too. But our church is going to make a major, major, major move to start ministering to families. We're going to give opportunities to help parents Single parents or married parents? Red, yellow, black, and white, rich or poor. People living in Houston for 100 years have came in today that your children matter to God and your family matters to God. And it is important that we have revival in America if we're going to survive. I beg you, Sagemont Church, I beg those of you that are members of other churches that watch on television and the Internet, I beg you to get faithful in your church. I beg you to start serving God. I beg you to read God's word. 
God says, I will be patient for a while. But the day will come and we're going to hear the trumpet. And don't say, I'm ready now. That's too late. Every invitation is given gives you an opportunity to get it right.